SAFM Sports Wrap. Into SAFM Sports Wrap we go to wrap up your sport for the week and big cricket happening down at Newlands in Cape Town. It is the first of three T20 internationals between the Pro Tiers and the West Indies. Natalie Germanis is there. Natalie, the Pro Tiers won the toss and chose to bat. We seem to have lost Natalie for a second. We'll try and get her back on in just a second. But I can tell you that that is exactly the case. The Pro Tiers won the toss. They chose to bat. And currently 39 for the loss of two. We'll get her on in just a second. Let's uh, look at some of the stories that are coming through on the wires this afternoon, though. Lots of sporting action happening around the world, uh, particularly cricket-wise. Half centuries from Chris Rogers and Captain Steve Smith, as well as Joe Burns, helped Australia reach 251 for six on the penultimate day the fourth and final test against India in Sydney. Ravi Ashwin was the pick of the Indian bowlers. He picked up four of the six Australian wickets to fall. At Stumps, India trailed Australia by 348 runs after they were dismissed for 475 in their first innings. Australia have clinched the four-match series 2-0. In the Sunfoil series domestically, the Lions up against the Cape Cobras in Poch of Sturm and the Lions in a very strong position at Stumps on day two. They bowled the Cobras out for 300 earlier today. And then went on to post 267 for the loss of two. And uh, the man who scored most of the runs there, Stephen Cook, 147 all out. So that's uh, what's uh, not out. And then the Warriors up against the Dolphins in East London. The Dolphins in trouble. They are currently 137 for five. Uh, the Warriors declared on 558 uh, for six. So let's get Natalie uh, back on the line. Natalie, uh, you with us? What's happening at the cricket? Well, it's certainly been a very interesting start already. South Africa have lost two of their wickets already, Brad. Reza Hendricks and Mornay van Veik, the two opening batsmen falling to Cottrell and Holder. So Reza Hendricks falling in the fifth over, LBW to control for 12. Mornay van Veek was caught by Chris Gale at slip of the bowling of Holder for 17 in the end. And currently, Brad, we're in the eighth over. South Africa's run rate just 5.6, and they won the toss, and they chose to bat first, Brad. Fantastic. Natalie, obviously very different kettle of fish to, to the test series that's just happened. The approach is very dominant there, but this West Indian side is very dangerous. They certainly are, Brad. There's no doubt about it. They're a very dangerous side. They have Chris Gale back in the side, Dinesh, uh, uh, Kieran Parlat, I should say, and, of course, Darren Sammy leading the side as captain as well. So it adds a lot of big guns to the side, which makes it very, very different indeed. And there's no doubt that it's going to be interesting to see how they go about things with the bat. Obviously, it's all about the ball for them at the moment but the pitch looks a, a little bit uh, dryish and a little bit on the slow side uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens under lights brad if maybe it changes a bit as far as selection goes with the proteas were there, were there any surprises uh, in the starting 11 I don't think there were too many surprises, only because South Africa have so many injury worries at the moment. They have to obviously be careful when it comes to the likes of J.P. Duhamini. Obviously, Quinton de Kock is not ready, so Mornay van Veek has been brought into the side as the cover, as the wicketkeeper, and he was opening the batting as well for South Africa. Uh, we've got uh, The South Africans will be happy, I think, with their middle order in Faf Duplessis, David Miller, Bihadin, very experienced side. Then they have the, the big hitter in terms of David Visser as well. From a bowling point of view, Kajisa Rabada will get another chance which I think for him it's really really good to see he had an opportunity of course in Australia and now he's got another opportunity against some big hitters and I'm quite looking forward to that contest. 
You talk of the big hitters, uh, a couple of big boundaries there from five to perceive falls. But uh, it's just amazing to see the change in attitude from Test cricket to T20. It's amazing how how good these guys are in making that switch. No, oh, absolutely. They they know that uh, this is about uh, hitting. It's about the boundaries. It's about scoring as many runs as they possibly can. It's a slightly different pitch to the Test pitch that we had as well, which will help. It generally it should be a little bit better for batting, hopefully, because we all want to see a big score on the board and obviously make sure that it's very entertaining for this very good crowd that's come out for this first T20. Um, I, I think from a South African point of view, on paper, they probably don't look as strong as the West Indies, and I suspect that the West Indies will make the switch to the shorter formats of the game slightly easier than the South Africans. Yeah, some superstars in that West Indian side. Natalie Germanis, thank you very much for that update. Uh, we'll chat to you uh, again later on in the weekend uh, when it comes to Sunday. More T20 action happening. We'll keep you updated here on SAFM Sports Wrap throughout the show this evening as this one pans out. We continue with our news updates. Andy Sullivan leads the South African Open at the Glendower Golf Club in Ikuruleni. The Englishman is on eight under par, one stroke ahead of South Africa's Charles Swartzel, who shot a 68 today. And we heard from Lali Stunder in just a moment to find out exactly how some of the contenders who were in the lead last night imploded uh, earlier on today. In rallying news, South Africa's Janil de Villiers and his German co-driver Dirk von Zitzewitz retained uh, their second place overall despite finishing sixth on today's stage of the Dakar. They lost another two minutes on race leader though, Nasser al Atia from Qatar still in the lead. Toyota's other South African team of Leroy Polter and co-driver Robert Howey had another tough day today. They lost nearly an hour and finished the stage in 39th and that saw them drop from 14th to 18th overall. Meanwhile, the Nissan Pro Dakar team of Johan van Staden and Mark uh, Lawrenson finished the race in 31st place today, and that sees them move up four places in the overall rankings to 30th. Leading South African biker is Rian van He finished the stage in 17th to move back into 15th overall, and South African quad rider Willem Simon continued his superb form in the Dakar with a 12th place finish and improvement of the 10 places from the previous day. Simon climbed three places on the overall standing. He's now sitting 16th. The Frank Lampard saga continues. Lampard's now saying he didn't sign a contract to join New York City FC in August 2014, contradicting the Major League Soccer team's original announcement. The uncertainty over the midfielder status emerged after his stay at Manchester City, which was initially described as a loan from the New York partner club, was extended until the end of the season. It means Lampard will miss NYC FC's debut in March. In tennis news, the men's semi-finalists have been decided at the Brisbane International. Roger Federer disposed of Australian wildcard James Duckworth in just 39 minutes. Top-seeded Federer dropped only six points in the 16-minute first set. He won that one, 6-love, six 6-1. Six He'll next meet fourth-seeded Gregor Dimitrov, who advanced 6-3-6-4 over Martin Klizan of Slovakia. Number two seed Kai Nishikori and three seed Milos Raonic will meet each other in the other semi-final. Nishikori breezed past Bernard Tomic 6-love 6-4 while Raonic had more of a struggle against big serving Australian Sam Groth. He won 7-6-3-6-7-6. Anna Ivanovic reached the women's final with a 7-6-6-4 win over Vavara Levchenko. She'll meet Maria Sharapova in the final after she breezed past Elena Svitlina. Poland will face the U.S. in the weekend final of the Hopman Cup after Jerzy Janowicz climbed, uh, clinched the spot for the uh, after his 
Yanovich's defeat of Frenchman Benoit Poir later uh, earlier on today. Yanovich came through with a 6-4-7-6 result to assure the Poles a spot in their second straight title match at the mixed team event. They'll take on Serena Williams and John Isner, the USA, in the final of that one. At the ASB Classic in Auckland, New Zealand, top-seeded Caroline Wozniacki's through to the final. It was an epic 4-6-6-3-6-4, 2-hour, 35-minute match against Lavavova Strykova. She'll play Venus Williams, who brushed past American compatriot Lauren Davis, 6-love, 6-3. The men's, uh, South African men's hockey team won their fourth and final test against Austria, 3-2 in Durban today. The tourists clinched the series 2-1 after winning the second test match, 4-3, and the third 2-1 with the first test ending in a one-all draw. And to wrap things up in your news updates, how's this for a story? 28 members of the Blue Super Rugby team had to be rescued from Auckland's Hauraki Golf when a pre-season training event went wrong earlier today. Players were supposed to paddle from the Takapuna Beach to the Rangitoto Island in traditional Maori canoes and then run to the top of the island's dormant volcano. But things went awry when several of the canoes were swamped by choppy seas. Everyone was rescued and the team are in high spirits. We'll chat to Lali Stunder about the SA Golf Open next. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, Natalie, uh, Lali does join us now. Lali, it was a, a, fasc- a fascinating day's golf uh, at the SA Open at Glen Dower today. A couple of the guys who we were watching closely yesterday uh, that we thought would do well today really, really hacked. And I think particularly JB Kruger's one that uh, just really imploded today. Ernie Els started badly, but he managed to, to pull things together a bit later in his round. Yeah, I almost thought you said assassination because that's what it felt like out <laughs> there. <laughs> Andy, Andy Sullivan uh, held on to his share of the overnight lead. He shot a 66 yesterday and uh, reeled in four birdies to offset two bogeys today with a 70 there, tops the leaderboard at eight under. And that's kind of where it ended. J.D. Kruger, who was also there with a very, very hot 66 yesterday, literally imploded. I mean, he started with a double bogey, and it was just blue numbers and double bogeys on his card. One lone birdie there on his way to an 80. And he had a very long and stressful way to see whether he was going to actually make the weekend. Ironically, uh, Brad, J.D. in the last uh, or three or two of his last three SI Opens has started with a low number and ended with a low number. And, uh, and last year here at uh, Glendower, he shot a 65 in the opening round um, and went off the, the rails in the, in the second, came back a bit in the third, and then shot 65 in the final round to tie for second. So one kind of wants to, to wish the guy the same kind of luck as last year. He did make the cut on the button to over par 146 in the company of uh, Paul Laurie, the former Open champion, Dani Fantonda, the reigning uh, Sunshine Order of Merit leader, your, uh, John Hahn, who you remember we spoke about some weeks ago, who shot that blistering 57, was it, in the, at the qualifying school in Europe. So uh, in, in some interesting company there. But yes, he will be here <laughs> the weekend. Um, and then good news for South Africa is that Charles Swartzel's back in contention, although he's playing with a very sore uh, toe. He, uh, he did finish birdie, eagle, birdie for a 69, and he's one off the base, one behind Andy Sullivan.
Fantastic stuff, Lali Stunder. Thank you very much for that update from the SO Open. Good news that uh, Charles Schwarzel is up there, just one behind heading into the weekend. It's going to be a magnificent weekend of golf at Glendow. If you are going to be around uh, Kuruleni, I would suggest get out there. I think you can see some amazing, amazing golf this weekend. Still coming up on this evening's show, we're going to hear from Joel Stransky. I mentioned last night that he and Henriette Skuman are going to be teaming up for this year's Absa Cape Epic, and we'll chat to the 1995 Rugby World Cup hero to find out what his ambitions are for the race. We'll also chat uh, some horse racing uh, a little bit later on in the show as well. But coming up next, let's touch base with Mo Ali, who, funnily enough, is at the cricket and find out what we can expect this coming weekend, tomorrow actually, when Bafana Bafana take on Cameroon. SAFM Sports Wrap. SAFM Sports Wrap. My name is Brad Brown. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Big football coming up tomorrow. Another one of the friendlies ahead of Bafana Bafana's 2015 AFCON campaign. And he's at the cricket this evening at Newlands. Just stepped away to have a quick chat to us. Mo Ali. Mo, good evening. Uh, nice to catch up once again. Excited to have some more international football to look forward to tomorrow night. Absolutely. And uh, very big game for Bafana because Cameroon have been the fourth team in African football. Uh, they were one of along with Bafana, Gabon, and uh, Tunisia to qualify for the nation's unbeaten. And uh, they really have been in very, very good form after their disaster at the World Cup. Uh, it looks like uh, the departure and the retirement of uh, Samuel Eto seems to have uh, eased the burden on the side, and they just seem to have played much, much better uh, with this. Like Clinton and Jay and Vincent Abubakar doing business scoring uh, seven out of the nine goals in a very tough group that uh, also comprised the Ivory Coast and the Democratic Republic of Congo. So I think it will be a very, very good test for Bafana Bafana uh, with uh, just a week to go before the nations come to see exactly where they're at because uh, there can't be too many better teams in Africa at the moment than Cameroon. Mo, what, what's the, the mission for, for Sheikh Mashamba going into this one? Is it a case of, of testing out combinations or does he know who his starting 11 is going to be going into AFCON and it's a case of just giving them a trial run? Yeah, a very interesting selection poses for him, Brad, because uh, Renil Wadachalonyani and uh, Ek Tawa Matoho, two key players in the team, uh, are both suspended for the first game against Algeria. Wadachalonyani, uh, of course, having been sent uh, for the game against Nigeria, the last qualifier, and Matoho having picked up two yellows in the uh, qualifiers. So uh, they won't be able to play in the opening game. So does Sheikh Mashamba give them a run tomorrow evening? Uh, because they are part of his uh, first 11, or does he play the players who are likely to be the replacements uh, in the opening game against Algeria? And that's a big selection pose for Mashaba that he faces. And, uh, you know, that, that he plays his, his favourite starting 11 or the other players as well. Because remember, it's a main spot. And, uh, inevitably, uh, some players, uh, the, the fringe players, this will have to be used in uh, fatigue and, and injuries coming to play during the tournament. So it's going to be very interesting to see. But I think Sheikh Nassaba would want to see that winning momentum going. A final of have now gone, uh, what, 10 games without defeat, two under Gordon Egerson and eight under Sheikh Nassaba. And uh, I think he really wants to keep that momentum going. You mentioned how tough Cameroon are going to be tomorrow night. How much can we read into to the result tomorrow evening? I mean, it's, it's obviously a warm-up for them as well, so you're not quite sure how they're going to approach the match. But can we read lots into it? I don't think so. I don't think you should read too much. But I think well, what would be more important is the nature of the performance of the exercise. Uh, I think I've mentioned it before. Bafana Bafana understood them to beat Egypt in Cairo. 
just before the 2006 Nations Cup, which the Egyptians hosted, and uh, Egypt went on to win the tournament. Fana Fana failed to score a goal, failed to win a single game. And uh, you can't read too much into the results of these games because uh, with just a week to go, I think uh, the players would want to see a clear injury, so you wouldn't find them being too committed in terms of going into tackles and those kind of things. Because imagine how a player would feel. He's already left the country uh, to play for the Athens Nations Cup and then uh, picking up an injury. But having said that, I think that the players obviously would want to uh, you know, impress the coach to, to show him that he deserves to be in the starting eleven. And I think the same as well. The coach of Africa would uh, want to keep the uh, winning momentum going, particularly after that uh, disastrous World Cup. They seem to have recovered very well indeed. And uh, keeping that uh, winning feeling going is always a good thing going into the tournament. Moali, thank you very much. What time is kickoff tomorrow night? Kickoff is at 9 p.m. South African time and uh, 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. Uh, Gabonese. And uh, are playing in Gabon and they're one hour behind South Africa. Fantastic. Molly, thank you very much for taking time out of the cricket to, to chat to us this evening. Much appreciated. The apologies about that line. Obviously, lots of people around Newlands uh, signal not the greatest. But, Mo, thank you very much, and we look forward to chatting again soon. Thank you very much indeed, Pat. Have a good one. Just to give you a quick cricket update, South Africa have lost their third wicket. Faf Duplessis, the man out for 38. It was a quick-fire 38 as well. Came off 20 balls, five fours and two sixes. That's a strike rate of 190. Absolutely incredible. He was uh, caught by Darren Sammy off the bowling of Andre Russell. The two other wickets to fall. Beeren Hendricks, uh, he was out for 12. And Monet van Veek out for 17. So the Proteus, as it stands right now, and uh, just looking up at the... TV. Uh, a very, very dodgy looking reverse sweep that just missed uh, the off stump of Riley Rousseau. So uh, four runs nonetheless. Doesn't matter how they come as long as they do come, I guess. Uh, that's all that matters is that we need those runs. And uh, as I look up, no score on the screen as of yet. I'll get that score for you in just a second. SAFM Sports Wrap. You tune in to South Africa's news and information leader. It's time now to chat uh, a little bit of horse racing. And uh, the Lawman's uh, Queen's Plate takes place tomorrow. It is probably one of the, the most prestigious horse races uh, in the country. It takes place at the Kenilworth Racecourse in Cape Town with a huge purse as well. And it's an absolute pleasure to welcome on to the show this evening. Uh, it is, uh, oh, we'll try and get him on in just a second. Apologies for that. Uh, we were going to be chatting to trainer of one of the horses who's got a pretty good shot, but we'll play that in just a moment. Let's get Joel Stransky on the line as uh, I look up at that cricket score. Still no score on the screen, so can't even give you a quick uh, update on that. But uh, let's chat to Joel Stransky and I'll get that score for you in a second. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, last night here on SAFM Sports Wrap, I mentioned it. Uh, about uh, a pairing who are going to be taking on the Absa Cape Epic in 2015 and I was saying I'm very interested to find out uh, what the goals and ambitions are I'm talking about uh, Henriette Skuman who's the eight-time uh, former eight-time national road champion when it comes to cycling and former World Cup winner Joel Stransky Joel Stransky joining us now on SAFM this evening Joel thanks for your time uh, you seem like a bit of a sucker for punishment you're going back for number six <laughs> uh, it does like that. It does sound a bit stupid, doesn't it? In fact, a few years ago, my wife told me it's the longest midlife crisis she's ever heard of. So that that just continues. But it is it's such a such a brilliant event. You know, every year when it comes along to the the route launch and the, the start of the hype around it, you can't but want in some small way to to be involved. It's very very special. Now, in the eight days that, that it's taking place, you, you, you almost thinking to yourself, never again, but as soon as it's done and you've achieved it, you, you start planning the next one. 
Yeah, there's moments of suffering and there's moments of great joy and elation. You know, it's um, eight days where you have good moments and bad moments and good days and bad days. And in those dark moments, you actually ask yourself, what, what am I doing here? Why am I doing this? Please, please remind me. And, and to be honest, there's times when I'm training when I ask myself that, what the hell am I doing? What was I thinking when I agreed to do it again? And you, um, you, you share some of those little success stories that all makes perfect sense. Well, 2015 is going to be a, a pretty interesting one. Last year you rode with uh, a former teammate, your Stefan Tablanche. This year you're going to be riding with someone who's got unbelievable cycling pedigree, maybe not so much on a mountain bike. It's her first Absa Cape Epic, but she is a machine when it comes to, to road cycling. <laughs> I'm getting a bit nervous the way everyone's talking about the machine <laughs> I'm riding with. <laughs> Train harder, lose weight, get skinnier, and, and uh, be, well, get stronger. But um, she is a machine, and she's... Firstly, I think most importantly, she's a, she's a great lady, and uh, I think you know, in, in any partnership, you've got to get on with your partner, and we, we've got on pretty well. And um, I have immense respect for her as a person and as a rider, obviously. And as you as you quite rightly point out, she's got unbelievable pedigree in terms of pedaling, and and she's transferring her pedigree onto the mountain bike now. She's uh, become much more adept at the skillful side of mountain biking. I race in and around her in one or two races. She's very strong, and it's and, and I'm I'm going to have to work my butt off. Joel, one of the things I was saying last night when, when, I, when I first read uh, the, the press release that you were going to be riding together is, is I said, Henriette Skuman is, is very competitive. She doesn't get to where she's got in cycling without having a competitive bone in her body. You're pretty competitive as well. I mean, you, you played top flight rugby for a long, long time. What's the goals in this? Are you, are you secretly sort of harboring ambitions of, of a podium, possibly winning the thing in the mixed category? Yeah, I think like anyone, you know, we don't, we probably don't talk about it, to be quite honest. But I mean, as you quite rightly point out, she is incredibly ambitious. Um, I, I, I'm an oak who wants to be the best I possibly can at whatever I'm doing. So I mean, I think deep down inside, we, we would it would be stupid to not think that we're not going to go out there and have a full go at it. But in the same breath, you know, when you the epic is eight days of of torture and how things things happen, things go wrong. You have good days, bad days. You have mechanicals. Um, you know, so, so there's a whole lot that can happen. I mean, for us, we haven't actually sat down and discussed it. Um, we, the only thing we've really said is we're going to go out there, we're going to do the best we possibly can, and we're going to have fun while we're doing it, and whatever comes our way is a bonus. So many people have done multiple Absa Cape epics. Uh, a lot of people tend to do it with the same partner year after year. You, you've changed partners a few times now. How do you find that dynamic? It, it must be quite difficult to adjust year after year. Um. Yeah, it is, and I think you know. If I look back, I've had some wonderful partners and uh, some wonderful times. Um, but, but, but again, you know, every year is a is a different challenge. It's a it's a new adventure, and and that's what life's all about. It's about accepting those challenges, accepting the adventures, and meeting new people, moving and moving forward. And this is an opportunity to do something very different. I've never ridden with a with a female partner before. Never ridden in the mixed category. Um, and and what an honour for a. For a non-cyclist, a former rugby player, to to be able to ride with someone like Henriette, an eight-time SA Road champion, you know, for, for me, it's uh, it'll be a very very special eight days, and and, and hopefully the, the same for her. And, and we get on well, and most importantly, as I said, hopefully we'll have a lot of fun as we, we head down the trails of the Western Cape. There's lots of folklore around the Absa Cape Epic. If you do three, you become a, an Amubu Besi, I think they call it. A, is is yeah. there such a thing as a double Amubu Besi? 
Well, I don't know, but I'm hoping they're going to invent it this year. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, in fact, they probably, if you do three, you get the Amma Bubeg. If you do six, they probably take it away and ask why the hell you're so stupid to be doing it again. <laughs> John, what makes that race so special? I mean, it, it is. It's brutal. I mean, if, if you, uh, I think for, for someone who's not into mountain biking, to put it in a bit of perspective, I mean, in those eight days, the amount of vertical climbing that the cyclists do is equivalent to going up Mount Everest twice in eight days on a mountain bike. I mean, it, it is hardcore. What makes it so special? No, it, it is hardcore, and I think that's what makes one of the reasons why it's so special. You know, it is, I suppose, the um, the most difficult mountain bike race in the world, and uh, and the nice thing for, for us as as amateurs, and I say that you know, though we, we like to train and pretend we're professionals, is we do exactly as the professionals. You know, the professionals that are racing out there, they they cannot believe that the amateurs will do the same race. That they'll be out there riding for four, four and a half, maybe five hours on a really tough day. We'll be out there. Um, you know, maybe 10 hours, 11 hours, some riders. And, and for them, they can't believe that the amateurs, are, you know, take take on this, this challenge. But it is a massive challenge. And the fact that you can do exactly the same as the professionals, um, the fact that everyone's, you know, in camp together afterwards, eating together, as tired, I think, put in as much effort. Um, I think that's one of the reasons that makes it so special, that, that camaraderie around the camp is incredible. And then probably the other reason is, is that the route changes every single year. So... So every year, you, you know, you, you might think, of, well, I'm not going to do it next year, but next year, the, the, there's talk of a new route and what's happening, and it seems quite exciting again. You remember the good times, you forget the bad times, and very quickly you get sucked into wanting to accept a new challenge because every year it is a slightly different and slightly new challenge. But altogether, the... The overall picture, it is one that's very difficult to avoid every year. Well, I can't wait to, to follow your progress every single year. I sit and track it on computers and, and see who's leading, and, and I can't wait to see yours and Henriette's uh, names on that leaderboard, Joel. Well, Brett, I'm, I hope you're right. It's not something that's on our <laughs> minds, as I said, but uh, I, I'm going to take your lead there and, and, and hope that your wish comes true. Fantastic. Joel Stransky, all the best, and thank you for chatting to us this evening on SAFM Sports Wrap. My pleasure, Brad. Thanks for the call, mate. Take care, eh? SAFM Sports Wrap. Yeah, what an amazing athlete Joel Stransky is. I think he's in for for an incredible adventure with Henriette Scorn. Quick cricket update, 96 for 3, the pro tiers are at the moment. David Miller on 5, Riley Rousseau with him on 20. Well, just looking at some football news, we were going to chat uh, some horse racing. Unfortunately, unable uh, to... Oh, have we got him on the line? We do have him on the line. Fantastic. Let me not look at football then. Let's chat horse racing tomorrow. As I mentioned, sees the Law Marins Queens play take place. It is the Cape's most elegant horse racing event with uh, prize purse of a million rand for that Queen's Plate. And uh, one of the favourites, arguably, for the title tomorrow is uh, Legislature, who's, who was the 2014 Horse of the Year as well as the Durban July 2014 winner. And it's uh, a pleasure to welcome the trainer, Jonathan Snaith, onto uh, SAFM Sports Special this evening. Jonathan, welcome onto the show. Uh, how are you feeling ahead of tomorrow's race? But um, we're ready, and uh, also did a perfect preparation, and... Everything's gone a little bit too perfect, I'd say, and um, I come tomorrow, Legislate's going to be ready. Jonathan, looking at, at the year you had in 2014 with, with Legislate, I mean, it, it was a fantastic year, top-rated horse in the year, unbeaten. It, it's going to be tough to, 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 to top a year like 2014. You know, it's very difficult to repeat a year when you're unbeaten. You know, you had five starts in 2014 and didn't lose one of those. So, you know, it's every race now seems like a pressure race, you know, that he can't get beaten. He's actually betting out uh, in in how far he'd win by you know 15 to 10 if he wins by a length, two to one he wins by two lengths, 
which makes it even worse. You know, I'd like to go into these big races being a five to one shot or longer, not a four to ten shot. Is it a lot more pressure? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. Big prize purse, lots of pressure. I mean, all eyes are going to be on Legislate tomorrow. But uh, I mean, as far as the competition, where where do you see it coming from tomorrow? Well, you know, it's it's a surprisingly small field, and I think that's due to the fact of the quality of the horse of Legislate. A lot of the there was a lot of nominations, and when Legislate accepted, a lot of the guys didn't accept, and no one really wanted to take him on on a weight for age terms. Which for people that are in racing is every horse carries the same weight, and the best horse generally wins. And um, so it's, it's only a nine-horse field. But, you know, there's a Joburg horse, Louis the King, the Joburg champion. Um, we've raced against him three times, twice actually last year. And we beat him on two occasions. And, you know, this is possibly maybe third time lucky for him. But um, it looks like a three-horse contest uh, that's legislate Louis the King. And a horse called Futura, who's an up-and-coming young horse and uh, possibly one that will probably be better than Jamie Metton will come a lot closer to legislation in a, in a race over a longer distance like the Met, which is over 2,000 meters. Jonathan, what's the secret of, of, of training a great racehorse? And, and legislate's obviously turning into to one of the greats. Uh, I mean, some of the titles uh, that uh, under the belt already. But what, what's your secret to, to, to producing a, a world-class horse? You know, a horse like this legislature actually makes our job a lot easier. He's, he's in, in, like any top athlete, he's just a true professional. Um, less injuries than any other horse he's turned on he's switched on he's very relaxed in the day he's got the most amazing temperament nothing flinches him he comes in the morning does his work settles down and he's just such a relaxed individual and when he comes to the races he knows it's race time when he gets a saddle on he comes into the ring he completely changes he pounces around the, the ring like a lion and he knows it's race time and he doesn't like getting beaten and when he hits the front he eats fights on and he doesn't like to be passed at any point love it fantastic Jonathan say thank you so much for joining us this evening on SAFM Sports Wrap full day of racing tomorrow uh, taking place at Kenilworth uh, the Lawman's Queen's Plate 1600 metres race 9 gets underway at 20 to 5 tomorrow afternoon and we'll keep you updated here on SAFM Sports Special uh, to let you know exactly how that one pans out I mentioned the football big football tomorrow Bafana Bafana in action we chatted to Moali this evening but there is two other national sides that are in action tomorrow uh, under 20s and under 17s also playing in various friendlies as they prepare for their respective CAF tournaments as well. So uh, we'll keep you updated on those uh, this weekend too. Before we head out, let you know South Africa currently 108 for the loss of three. That's after 13.4 overs. So going along quite nicely. I think we could be in for a, a pretty big total, 7.8 runs to the over. Uh, with wickets in hand, I reckon we could be seeing a, a 180 if all goes according to plan. Well, the Friday edition is up next. Thank you very much to the entire team this evening here on SAFM Sports Wrap. My name is Brad Brown. I'll be back again tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock for SAFM Sports Special.